Hello, hola, and ida hanya Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 29th episode of the Naturally Ever After podcast. My name is Nidia Guiti, and by profession, I am a licensed clinical social worker. In this podcast, I share tips on how to build confidence as you transition and maintain your natural hair by way of sharing my own story and lessons that I've learned along the way in my own natural hair journey. I firmly believe that mindset and perspective shifts how we think and feel about ourselves. So shout out to this 29th episode of this podcast. So I am currently recording and editing live from Miramar, Cuba. Um, Today is February 12th, 2020. And this episode was actually recorded when, um, not when, but on May 25th of 2022, when Kaidi was when Kaidi got to her final destination. And as I was re-listening to this most recent episode, one of the things I love about podcasting, but also just reflecting back to things that I've done in the past is that themes come up in the present. So last night I was talking to my girlfriend, Dominique. Shout out to you, Dominique, because this is actually why we're in Cuba. She just celebrated her birthday on February 9th. But we were having a conversation about freedom and what that looks like. So I want to share with you all how I eventually got to Cuba. So I needed to update or renew my passport back in December of 2022. And um, my, my passport would have expired in June of this year, 2023. So I'm like, okay, I have time, blah, blah, blah. Let me send it. So I did. And when I kept checking the update of my passport online, it says that they received it on December 15th. All of December goes by nothing. All of January goes by nothing. At this point, I'm starting to freak out because February 8th is right around the corner, which is when I need my passport by. And it's still not here. February 8th rolls around. At this point, Dominique goes to Cuba and I'm like, I don't know that I'm going to go. And I still want to. Um, and I was frustrated, so I went hiking and I went to the farmer's market. I did all of the things to focus on the controllables because waiting by the post office or waiting by my mailbox wasn't going to make this passport come faster. And at that point, I had surrendered to the fact that I may not go on this trip and it's going to be fine. I've been to Cuba twice before. (laughs) There will be other opportunities to go. Um, I can celebrate my friend when she gets back. So as I'm getting back home, I'm like, you know, let me check this mailbox one more time. And long and behold, the passport is there. <laughs> I was like, I told the passport people that I needed the passport prior to the 8th, not on February 8th. So... In that moment, I was just consumed with gratitude because once upon a time, I wouldn't be able to do what I did to get here or wouldn't have the flexibility and freedom to get here in the way that I did. So I I text my friend. I was like, my passport came. I need the address so that I know where to go when I get there. Because if you know anything about Cuba, 
especially if you are listening from the United States or are from the United States, there are a lot of restrictions here for um, people from the U.S. So your Wi-Fi or your Internet service, you're going to have difficulty with connectivity. It's not to say that you can't connect. You absolutely can. But unless you know or have that already established prior to coming here, it's not going to be as easy. So from my previous visits, I knew that as long as I know the address and, you know, use my Spanish speaking skills, I'm going to be fine once I get there. So once I heard back, literally, I want to say maybe two hours after I, I received my passport, I booked my ticket. I threw some things in the bag. I cleaned my apartment, made sure that everything was where it needed to be. So that when I get back, because I love coming home to a clean home. But being able to have the resources to book a last minute flight for the following day. And this was what, wait, hold on, let me pause this because this was a weekday. Being able to have the resources, have the flexibility, have the autonomy to just, all right, fine, I want to go to Cuba, book the ticket for the following day, not have to ask for time off, not have to make other arrangements and just get up and go, felt like this is the life that's for me. In that moment, I was just like, yeah, this is shit I want to be doing going forward, that I can just book a ticket last minute and go to Cuba on a Thursday. And as I was present in that moment for myself, I kept thinking about how do we cultivate freedom that feels in alignment with how we want to be. And as this relates to the natural hair journey, one of the things that added to this feeling of freedom is that I have green, lime green at that. <laughs> lime green waist length braids. And I transitioned from purple to pink and now green. And what I'm learning about myself and my natural hair journey, because last year, 2022 made 15 years. So I'm approaching my 16th year in November. And who I was 16 years ago, in some ways, the essence of me remains, but my perspective and how I look at things and is has pivoted and pivoted in such a way where like, I, let me pause this because I want to frame my words. Hmm, I, all right, y'all, I'm back. So what I was thinking about was these lime green braids because I was at the beach yesterday and I was, you know, people look, people have eyes and I love bright colors. So it's not like you can't see me, but as I circle back, not but and, as I circle back to what my perspective was maybe 16 years ago, the thought of getting lime green waist length braids was like not an option. Number one, the color, but also what I was feel or how the fear that existed in me of how I was perceived. And to fast forward 16 years later, I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. My hair could be blue, it could be purple, it could be yellow, and it will be. That's probably one of my next colors. I care about how I perceive myself. And it's not to say that I don't care about what anyone thinks of me, because that's not true, too. I do care about what some people think of me. And those some people are people that I hold near and dear to my heart. But to open that up and, and and to care about what everyone thinks is exhausting. And it takes away from 
my bandwidth and capacity to nurture what I want for myself in this life in the way that feels free to how I want to live with the time that I have left. So I wanted to share that all. I wanted to share that with you all so that you can be present with what freedom looks like for you in your natural hair journey, but also how you invest your time. How do you want to be and show up in this world? And then go do that shit. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Kaidi, thank you so much for tracking this journey um, on the Naturally Ever After podcast as you celebrate your approaching second year this May. In addition to that, shout out to recording these episodes while, Kaidi, you are away and traveling because reception, and I think that we take this part for granted when we talk about freedom and being able to just move in the way that you want. The internet is not... (laughs) It's not the same everywhere. And even as, I, as I'm as i editing and recording this podcast episode, I'm thinking of just where I am. I'm in Cuba and I don't have Wi-Fi access where I'm at right now. Well, I do, but it's like spotty. I was going somewhere with this and lost my train of thought. So I think this is a good place to pivot and Um, Also let you all know that there will be structural changes to the Naturally Ever After podcast. I will be recording in seasons. So look out for the next season of the Naturally Ever After podcast. I am so excited for the structural change because I believe that when we talk about, you know, the natural hair journey and shifting your, your perspective and how you think and feel about yourself, you don't feel the same way all the time. And just like the seasons change, Just like you have shifts in your mood, the same thing happens in our natural hair journey. So I am definitely looking forward to having more content that is aligned with the season that we are in and being able to shift and flow and nurture the freedom that we want with given the bandwidth and capacity that we have at that time. Because when we talk about honoring the spectrum of emotions, Seeing things for what they are helps us flow rather than resist. So I'm looking forward to what's to come and enjoy this episode. Hello, Heidi. How are you today? Hi, Nidia. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. So where in the world are you, literally? (laughs) I'm in Italy now. I'm in uh, Milan. Until mid-July. So this will be my residence for the next two months. When did you arrive? Let's see, when did I get here? About two weeks ago, um, almost two weeks ago now. Yeah, about two weeks ago. Um, I came with my mom. She came with me. And uh, we came. I didn't know where I was going to stay. So I stayed in a hotel for the first couple of days. And my plan was... Once I get here, you know, to find a place on the ground and uh, found a place within those three days and here I am. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I just went to Venice last week and uh, Lake Como, which is beautiful. So it's been it's been good so far. So the last time we spoke, you were in Jersey on your way to Ghana, Ghana slash Italy. So it sounds like you Mm -hmm. went to Ghana. How was that trip there? Yeah, yeah, I went to Ghana. Ghana was more of like my vacation. So I stayed in a hotel, you know, went with a friend, stayed in the hotel, laid by the pool for part of the vacation. We were there for nine days. 
Um, so we by the pool, but we also went to Cape Coast, um, which is where where the slave castles are. Um, you know, learned about the slave trade and was really able to just make that connection that you know you, you hear you hear about it, but to be there and to see things you know up front you know live and in person was just uh, it. I feel like it's an experience that you know Black Americans need to have. Um, also being able to interact with the people there, um, met some just great people and seeing and experiencing the culture was amazing. Um, I think I need to go back though, because I wasn't able to, you know, see everything I want to see. So it was a first trip. How was your experience going to the castle? How would I describe that experience? Um, you know, I think a lot of people when they go, it can be very emotional. And while for me, it was heavy, um, I, everything that I saw, I had already kind of seen it, you know, in the, in the books and things like that. And, you know, read about it, watched the movies. As a kid, I was always uh, very into our, that aspect of our history. So none of it surprised me, but what did surprise me is more so my sense of gratitude and my sense of uh, freedom that came from seeing that. So after we went to um, the castles, we went and had lunch on um, on the beach not too far away, like maybe, I don't know, 100 meters or two or 300 meters away. And we had lunch. I had I had lobster. We went and we were like playing in the waves and things. And the part of my thought process behind it was like, this is what we deserve. We deserve this level of freedom and our ancestors weren't always able to have that. So I'm going to run, I'm going to shout, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to enjoy good things because the people before me weren't able to have those luxuries and they prayed for that. So I'm going to take full advantage of my freedom to be able to do that and to be unapologetic about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I follow yeah, seeing just and they always talk I'm about- I'm sorry, I can't hear you. No, I said, I follow the, the NAP ministry, NAP ministry, and mm -hmm. they talk about radical rest and ease. And, mm. and as I'm hearing you talk about running around and having fun, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's revolutionary, mm -hmm. intentional about rest, and unapologetic about it. Yeah, being unapologetic, um, unapologetic about rest about uh, fun, about luxury, you know, I think particularly in, in my work with uh, Black women, there can be a guilt about it. There can be a sense like, I don't have time to do those kinds of things. And part of it is just that wiring that comes from that generational trauma that we either don't deserve it or something bad is going to happen if we take space to uh, to do that for ourselves. And I'm like, how can we not, though, you know, considering the fact that, um, you know, for those of us who aren't in survival mode, because that's, that's a real thing. Like when you have certain responsibilities and certain limitations, um, that's a different story. But for those of us who aren't in that position, you know, you really want to give yourself the permission to be able to do that because, you know, it wasn't always something we could have. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. So what brings us here today, this is the final episode in the series. 
on Saturday, well, actually today is a few days before your one year anniversary. So on May 28th, we'll make one year since mm -hmm. we started your lot. Um, yes. How do you feel? How has your first year been thus far? Um, yeah, I'm actually excited. I think I'm going to do like a special hair post on Instagram. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't done any posts like really, um, like showing my hair, you know, showing it off too much on Instagram um, since I first got it done. So I'm excited. I think I'm going to do a special post and hopefully it'll want to cooperate because it doesn't always want to cooperate. Um, but I'm going to do that and um, I'm looking forward to it. I think I've been able to learn a lot about, you know, my process in this whole journey. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it any differently. I would definitely do it again if I had to do it over. How has been, how has your hair experience or your hair journey, um, how was it in Ghana when you were there? Um, yeah, as far as what, like, as far as, as far as how it was received in Ghana or what specifically? A combination of both. How it was received, but mainly how you felt being there. Mm -hmm. Well, for one, um, I definitely spoke to, uh, it might have been just one, one or two Ghanaians um, who, it was actually my tour guide and he's amazing. Um, and he mentioned how he wanted to have locks, but the perception there is that locks are for like bad people, like, like, you know, the outcasts of society. Um, and so when he said his grandmother, you know, when he wanted to do it, his grandmother was like, his mother was like, no, why do you want to do that? Blah, blah, blah. So he decided not to do it. So I was surprised to learn that, but it's more so for the older generation, but a lot of the younger generation can also kind of, um, you know, they, because there's this thing of respecting the elders, I think more so than we see in, in uh, Black America, they're kind of, you know, going along with that. So that was interesting. Um, but that aside, going to Ghana, it, it, it was interesting because although we're all Black, um, and, and many of them would say that, you know, they didn't, if I didn't say anything, if I didn't open my mouth, they wouldn't have known that I wasn't from Ghana. But there was also many who would say that it, I was like the exotic one, like being, being just black American in Ghana is like, you know, you're, you're exotic, which is interesting to me because I'm, I'm pretty sure I came from somewhere in, in West Africa, um, but they were perceiving me or at least Americans in general to be exotic. Um, I think my hair was part of it, but I don't know. You know, I didn't get that deep into it. So it was interesting, to, especially to be celebrated as, you know, a black woman and fully expect uh, fully accepted as a black woman was was it was great. Yeah, and there's um there's a lot of good looking men in Ghana too. So yeah, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> I'm seeing <laughs> will love to experience the continent in this lifetime for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. So what has dating been like abroad for you? You've visited a few places at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, huh. How do I answer that? So I'm trying to think, have I had any dates? I, I didn't have any dates in Ghana, but um, I definitely connected with a few guys and I, but 
I chose not to continue those relationships or those, those conversations, I would say, past me being there. Um, really because there was no one who got my interest in that way that I really, uh, you could say, connected with in that way. Um, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of opportunity in Ghana. So that was nice. Um, prior in, in uh, Panama and DR, there were some connections made, but nothing serious. And I think part of it is, um, you know, when you're in and out of a place, you know, only there for, you know, two, two months or so, whatever, you don't have enough time to really establish anything. And I understand that kind of comes with the digital nomad life. Um, and I'm okay with that. Um, now, though, funny, uh, I met someone through like a travel page and uh, we had been communicating and he was from Europe. And now that I'm here, we were actually able to see each other and like go on a real date. And this one may have some potential, but I don't know. You know, we'll see. <laughs> I'm taking it. I'm taking it one step at a time. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> but it's it's been interesting. It's been interesting to say the least. You know, the 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 um, you know proximity that makes a difference and distance and all of that. So yeah. yeah. But it hasn't been dry. Like it's not that there's been no options. <laughs> so yeah. You're you're being selective, you know, rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So from what you've experienced and learned thus far about yourself and your natural hair journey, um not only um at home, but now that you've been traveling and made it to your final stop for now, mm -hmm. or your, your new home for now, what has this process in the past 11 months, approaching a year come this Saturday taught you? Um, so as I was thinking about this, I think one of the main things is that I can commit. Um, part of the reason it took me so long to decide to do this was like, it's such a commitment and you know, like, I don't know if I can do that. And I want to be able to change and um, all of that. And even when it comes to relationships, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say I have a commitment issue when it comes to relationships, but I don't want to commit to the wrong thing. So I'm very careful. Um, so in this case, so I've learned that I can commit um, and what commitment looks like, you know, it looks like even though things might not go, be going exactly how you expected, um, that you're sticking with it and that you're flexible and you move with, you know, as things come and go, you kind of move with it. So I've definitely learned that. Um, I've also learned, oh, what was it that I said I had learned about this process? Hold on, give me a second, I need to edit this. <laughs> I had it and I didn't write it down. Um, oh man. It's not coming to me, but if we keep talking, it will probably come to me. Did you have, did you have any other questions? So, <laughs> learning piece. So you mentioned that I can commit, and as I'm hearing you reflect on being able to commit, I feel like you're also talking to me. <laughs> I'm like, has she been peeking? Has she been listening to what I've been exploring and thinking about? Because it is hard. It can be challenging, not hard, but it can be challenging to make a decision and stay with it, especially when things may not necessarily be unfolding in the way you expected. So mm -hmm. like still continue and see it through is a great reminder that you are you are capable of doing challenging things. 
Actually, yes. And that that was the second thing that I had learned that I can it, it was another demonstration for me of how I can do hard things, um, because I won't say that it's been the easiest thing, um, you know, with just like, you know, hair doing whatever you want it to do. And, and there being such a strong relationship between black women and their hair, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. But this journey has been an exercise in letting go of control. Um, and as I let go of control, I learned, you know, it might not always be easy to not have that control or to not know exactly what's going to, what's coming down the pike or whatever, because, you know, this hair goes through phases. It's like phase one of the lock and phase two of the locks and whatever, you know? So, um, as I go through the phases, I see like, okay, you know, you might not, you didn't know what it was doing at that moment, but, um, you made it through, you're good. (laughs) So it was another testament to me of, um, just being able to do challenging things, absolutely. I would even, um, or I want to offer, not add to that, because this is your, mm-hmm. I'm curious if this aligns with you. Um, and in that complexity, the fact that you've been moving around adds to that, because it's not like you could have gone to your go-to stylist back home, it's like you're in the mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You are here, you were there. So it's like, yeah, this is a great update. Yeah. Yeah, I did. um, I think I told you guys in the last uh, podcast that I was going to have a little shape, a little little bit of shape cut into the cut, cut them into a little bit of a shape. So we did do that. But literally, he may have taken an inch off of certain places. So I went to a hairstylist that uh, I used to go to when I wasn't locked. And, uh, you know, he can cut, he said he can cut anything, but he didn't realize he hadn't seen me in forever. So he didn't know I had like micro twists. And he was like, if we start cutting this, you know, you're going to be defeating the whole purpose. And he didn't want to cut it, but I wanted it cut. So he gave me more of a dusting <laughs> and, um, yeah, but I liked it. I liked it. And I, like, we didn't unravel or anything. So through, through it's experimenting too, you know, some experimenting. I think I'm going to ask if I'm ready for color next time because I want that. Um, even though I feel like she's going to say no, because I'm still not fully locked. I'm like maybe still around 25, 30% locked. It's going to take me a while. So, um, you know, experimenting with things and whatnot, that's what we're doing. Okay, cool. So in this journey, as we lead into Saturday, you talked about what you've learned thus far. What have you relearned in this past year about yourself? Mm-hmm. I think it was just that that um, that I can do the hard things because that's something that I I've known, um, but you have to constantly be reminded of that, uh, or at least I have to constantly be reminded of that. The second the second something gets challenging. Um, you know, you start to question, like, I don't know if I could do this. Uh, but when you do the challenging things, it's a good reminder of that. So that that was a relearning. Mm-hmm. And then the final question of this series, in this past year, what have you had to unlearn? In the past year, the whole journey, I think, I think this has been an unlearning for me of, you know, beauty standards. Um, Everything doesn't have to be perfectly laid. My edges will not lay. Even when um, I get a fresh retie, I don't, I just don't have the hair that does that. Like they just aren't going to lay no matter how fresh the retie is. So like everything doesn't have to be perfectly 
laid or perfectly in position. Um, sometimes just freedom is, is beautiful. Like me being able to play at the beach or have a ton of humidity hit my hair and I'm just kind of care, the, the carefree attitude is what's beautiful. Not that the hair itself isn't beautiful either. Um, accepting that I have gray hair and I can't dye my hair right now because if I do, it's gonna affect its ability to lock. So just accepting that and letting the gray show. So I've um, had to unlearn and you know go into learning how to adjust my beauty standards. As much as I say I'm all about confidence and all that, which I am, it's it's an ongoing um, journey. And you know there are different levels to exploring your confidence, your self-love, self-compassion, all of that. Absolutely. Visually, I think of a circular staircase going up. And it's like you just ascend to newer heights of your journey and where you're going. It's not that it's not there. It is. Right. You're relearning, you know, you're, you're looking at things from a different perspective and allowing yourself to grow and further grow and well, further ascend in this case. To mm -hmm. You're wanting to go and you're a little, you're more further removed from where you were maybe a year ago, two years ago, three years ago and learning things from a different perspective. Absolutely. You know, I think just doing natural hair, you know, being in loose natural, that was one level. But then the next level for me was locking. I don't know what comes after that. It might be bald. I think that would be the next thing for me, like to completely shave my head. I have always been terrified of that. So when, when I think about if whenever I do decide to change styles and not have locks anymore, like, am I going to cut them or am I going to do something like try to comb them out, which people do, but I know it's crazy. Um, the process is crazy. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not making any promises about that, but that would probably be the next level of challenge for me. I appreciate you for thinking with this journey and also documenting it with me on this podcast. Um, we will release these episodes and share them with the world. Where can people find you? Find me at Heidi, K-A-I-T-Y-B as in Bettina. Rodriguez on Instagram. Also my website, KaitiBRodriguez.com. Um, you'll learn all about my uh, therapy services as well as my book, The Confidence Project Journal. Um, so yeah, that's me. Well, thank you so much, Kaiti. I appreciate your time and enjoy the rest of your trip. Thank you. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, document the journey in this way. It's been, um, I think it's been good and it'll be fun to go back and listen and hear what it's been like uh, where I was a year from now. Absolutely. Thank you.